Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Caregiver and Physician Conversations, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. I'm your host, Marjorie Pabst. Please visit my website at MyCaregivingCoach.com for more resources related to your personal well-being as a caregiver. Uh, you may hear my voice today. It is the season of uh, the holidays and of merriment and, yes, of head colds. So I feel pretty good. I sound a little worse than I really feel. So um, uh, thank you for listening to this sort of scratchy voice today. The purpose of our show, Caregiver and Physician Conversations, is to provide information from physicians to caregivers that will create meaningful connections between your family, caregivers, medical professionals uh, with whom they come in contact. Today, I am joined again by a wonderful physician, Dr. Kesavan Kuti, from the American College of Physicians. And I'm delighted to have him back on the show to discuss a resource we mentioned on our last show called Teach Back. Today, we're going to be providing some examples of Teach Back. So, welcome back to the show, Dr. Kuti. Um, why don't we begin with your defining what Teach Back means to physicians? and how it's used with patients and caregivers. Thank you, Marjorie. I hope your cold feels better soon. (laughs) And uh, before we begin, let me point out that I'm a member of the American College of Physicians uh, in good standing, but I'm not here representing the college. Only the college president can do so. The views that I express here are my own, and they may or may not be the official policy of the college. That said, TeachBack is really a health literacy tool to ensure patient understanding by asking the patient or caregiver for that matter if the patient is unable to speak um, uh, or engage in a conversation to summarize the discussion up to that point. Usually this is done at the end of a, a short visit, for example, and therefore it might serve as a summation of whatever was discussed at that entire meeting. But if one makes multiple points, it is better to stop at critical points uh, that represent transitions in the conversation to do teach back. Great. And so physicians use it. Um, Do other medical professionals use teach back as well? Indeed, they do. In fact, nurses and other health professionals do. Um, And it is much more common among them than among physicians. Here's an example. Um, Mary and her caregiver, Evan, see Laura, the physical therapist, uh, for shoulder pain, for which they had been referred there by their doctor. Uh, Laura says, uh, after the evaluation, that Mary should practice some exercises and avoid poor posture that is causing her uh, shoulder pain. After explaining and demonstrating the exercises, um, Laura asks Mary to do teach back at the end of the session. Uh, Mary says, Laura, you taught me these exercises for me to do several times a day. I shall do so, and you also taught me how to do them. You also said that I tend to slouch my neck and keep my chin down most of the time, causing my shoulders to droop, and uh, I should learn to walk with my chin up and my eyes looking straight ahead, and so maintain an upright posture. 
you asked Evan uh, to correct my posture every time I slouch. I can take some ordinary painkillers as needed, but should return to see you in one week so that you can make sure I am making progress. So teachback is a good tool to apply whenever there's an asymmetry between the level of expertise of the two parties engaged in a dialogue. One knows more, the other one is trying to seek that information. Uh, it is certainly applicable when f one files, for example, an application for a mortgage loan, but if one were to apply it as one signs the 200 plus documents, that's another matter because that might involve an additional time and cost and it is important for uh, people to understand that that cost may be passed on to you as well. So it has applications uh, in broadly, but um, one has to be careful in applying it. Finally, teach back is based on the understanding that patients remember and understand less than half of what their doctors discuss with them. So this technique is a method to improve understanding and thus enhance patient safety. Absolutely. That's the key, isn't it? Uh, patient safety and understanding. So for medical issues, Dr. Cootie, what are the areas that are most critical? For, they all are, but what are the ones that are the most critical for ensuring understanding between physician and patient and caregiver? Well, you know, they, they actually permeate the entire physician-patient relationship. But that said, what immediately comes to my mind is diagnosis, our diagnosis and treatment. Yes. So in that realm, let's, let's take an example of Betty, yeah. the, the patient, and Anne, her caregiver, coming for a visit. And Anne calls for the appointment because she thought Betty was urinating a lot, waking up a lot, especially at night, to do so. And uh, the doctor orders some blood tests before the visit. Uh, and let's say uh, the test actually showed diabetes. So best for the doctor to explain it this way, that, and you had told me that Betty had been getting up a lot at night to use the restroom. Blood tests show that the sugar in her blood is high. So I would say that she has sugar diabetes. Uh, with a bit of weight loss, uh, and um, at a later stage, if that's not enough, with some medications, we can get her blood sugar level down, and then she won't go to the restroom that often. Of course, she'll need to cut down on her food intake and possibly go on some medicines, uh, exercise more often. But let's have her see a dietitian and understand a proper diet to take care of this. So that is the conversation. At the end of that conversation, the doctor asks Anne, Anne, please summarize, uh, you know, Anne to summarize by asking, and I want to be sure I explained everything clearly and completely. Uh, could you please explain it to me in your own words so that I can be sure I covered everything and didn't leave anything out? So, um, so that's an example. So I don't know how we're doing on time. Can I show another example? Well, I think we probably need to move ahead to looking at um, okay. each back me being helpful for caregivers in terms of saving time and money, as well as the integrity of one's health. 
I know we're going to be doing a role play here in a moment, so we will have another example for our audience. Um, so you're really saying, Dr. Akuti, that caregivers can save time and money and the integrity of their health if they uh, utilize teach back and if their physicians do as well. Is that right? That is correct. Um, you know, t- the uh, but basically teach back um, reduces uh, uh, cost and saves time, but it does so by enhancing patient safety. Uh, in a in a complicated relationship such as a doctor patient relationship, it is very important for the doctor to make certain that the patient and the caregiver understand the plan. Uh, so when one engages in safe practices and the patient understands the rhyme and reason, uh, they tend to follow the treatment carefully, and that improves their outcomes, and they have fewer complications. Uh, they know what to do when something goes wrong, and all these could mean less hassles and less cost for the patient. Yes. We we hear so often about people not taking their medication, and my guess is that part of it may be due to what you just said. People don't understand what they're taking and why it's so important. And so Teach Back can improve um, everything about their health and the safety of their health. So why don't we, you and I, um, give our listeners an example of how Teach Back sounds um, in the in the doctor's office? I'll be a patient. Of course, you're the doctor. Um, what do you think would be a good situation to provide for our listeners? Okay. Uh, how about an example that has to do with uh, medication and treatment changes? So, Marjorie, let's say you have high blood pressure and you're on two medications. Um, and uh, you had mentioned to me that uh, you you feel a little bit sleepier than usual. Um, and after looking into that, I determined that one of your medications may be responsible for uh, your excessive drowsiness. Um, and it is important to recognize that and take care of that because, uh, you know, being drowsy, particularly when you're driving, is not a... You know, it's not a, um, a good situation. So, uh, so as your doctor, I have decided to stop one of your medicines, but to continue the other. Okay. Okay, I'm your patient, and we're sitting in your office. Okay. So, um, so I'll tell you, um, Marjorie. You have a list here. Um, uh, do you know, Marjorie, which medication is which? Well, yes, I think so. You know, I always go by the colors of my medications. Um, you know, this particular one is pink, and this other one is blue. Um, uh, certainly, that is a that uh, you know that's a method that many patients use to identify their pill or pills, but it could be unsafe at times to depend entirely on color. So let me digress for just a second uh, because it's an important teaching point. Uh, If you buy generic medications, um, you know, it is important to understand that the pharmacy from which you get your pills may be supplied by different manufacturers that that make the same drug, 
but they do so under different colors. So medication A for last six months might have been a blue pill, but when you went to the pharmacy for a new refill, since the vendor changed, it may have gone to pink or purple or something else. So I realized that these generic names are a bit difficult, but if you have a written list, and it is important to have a written list, and then compare the name on the list with the one name on the bottle. Oh, my gosh. I was never doing that. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Dr. Cooney. Thank you. Um, and th this is a common problem. Uh, you know, people, depending upon the pill color um, and not understanding the fallibility. So let's come back to your pills. Uh, there are two pills um, for your high blood pressure. Uh, the one here says clonidin, and that happens to be, incidentally, the blue pill. But as I said, don't depend on the color always. And the other one says uh, hydrochlorothiazide. It's a long name, so let's say let's call it HCTZ. HCTZ. Okay. So we have okay. clonidin and HCTZ. So these are the two pills. So. You know, as you mentioned before, you were feeling sleepy. The most likely reason for that I have determined is, in your, in your case, is the clonidin. So I'm going to stop it. However, I want you to continue the HCTZ. So let me get this right. So you're going to just continue the clonidin because I'm feeling sleepy when I take it. That is correct. Uh, so we are going to stop clonidin and let you continue taking the HCTZ. Uh, but of course, since we are stopping the clonidin, I have to give you another pill in its place so that we can continue to control your blood pressure. So that new pill will be, let's say, lisinopril. Uh, please, say, please say it after me, lisinopril. Lisinopril. Okay, lisinopril. So Marjorie, I, I want you to... I want to be sure that I explained everything clearly. Uh, can you please explain it back to me so that I can be sure I covered everything? Right. I'm going to um, not take one of my pills, but I'm going to continue to take the HCTZ. Is that right? Um, that is correct, but, uh, you know, I want to clarify it that you, you know which one you're discontinuing. You're continu um, discontinuing I'm, the clonidin. Right, that one that starts with C, that's right. I'm, yes, and it's right here on my list, and you just told me I need to refer to my list more often to make right. sure it's the name that, of the medication. So that that is correct. I'm continuing. Okay. That is correct. So why don't you cross out that name and maybe oh. put a date on that so that you discontinued it okay. as of December 9th, 2014. Okay. Great. I just did that. That's great. Right. Okay. And then in the list you add lisinopril. It is spelled as L-I-S-I-N-O-P-R-I-L. Okay, great. Good. Does it have any side effects? Well, it does have some side effects. We can go over that. Um, and uh, so let's let's clarify your understanding of things okay. so far before we go into the side effects and dose okay. and so forth. Okay. Uh, uh, please tell me back in your own words so that uh, I can I can um, be sure that I covered everything. Okay. So 
I am going to continue taking the HCTZ, this one right here on the list. I'm going to stop clonidin. I've crossed that out, and I'm going to add a new pill called lisinopril. And will I take both of those, doctor, every day? That is correct. So yeah. now we'll go into, we'll transition into dose and complications of that, but that's another another conversation, at the end yeah. of which we'll have another teach back so that remember we had transitions here in theme one was we were going to discontinue medications and start yeah. a new one then yeah. we have another transition into side effects and dose of that new medication and what right. to watch for so exactly. at the end of each one of these we need to have teach back so that we are clear that the patient understood what the plan that's is. great well you know dr Cooty, i am sure i am very sure that many of our listeners are thinking, I wish my doctor did this, and that I knew about TeachBack, that I had a doctor that helped clarify things for me. What can caregivers and their loved ones do if their doctors don't spend time to teach back, to clarify, to summarize the information, particularly around uh, treatments such as the pills and so on? Right. Well, it is important that both caregiver and the patient check for understanding. Uh, healthcare is increasingly teamwork. Um, so, you know, there are, I agree with you, there are many physicians who don't engage in teach back. They may do that for a variety of reasons. They may actually expect their medical assistant or the nurse to take care of that. Um, but it may be also because they, they were not familiar with that technique or time may not permit for a number of reasons. But um, if a patient wants to initiate teach back, they can do so by the you know playing this tape in reverse. Uh, they can do so by saying, uh, you know, doctor, that's a lot of new ground we covered today. So I just want to summarize this so that I may, I can make sure that I got it right. And That's that great. makes the physician pause and wait for the patient's statement. And it's very important that the patient be very brief and to the point because, you know, it does take time from both both sides. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, note-taking here can be very important. If you are going to take notes, uh, then it becomes very easy to, uh, you know, touch key points from the notes and uh, present it backwards to the physician. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned teamwork. Uh, in this new environment where we're all more likely to see multiple healthcare providers, then using TeachBack to make sure that everybody on your medical team really understands the same thing you do about your treatment and your diagnosis, correct? That is correct. That is correct. Um, it's an effective way to show that the patient understood what the physician or the other caregiver did, um, you know, uh, or the uh, the, uh, the healthcare provider did. So it's very important to do that. And sometimes these conversations may involve um, other health professionals uh, as a team, and one of the members of the team articulating this to the patient. Yes, exactly. Um, you. Um have and this seems so simple, really, but I know I've never done it, 
and I suspect a lot of people haven't, but one of your suggestions has been on the note-taking angle to um, make a list of the things you understood that you've confirmed with your doctor and the things you don't understand and keep lists of those things so that you can you don't miss anything. Tell us more about that, Dr. Cootie. You know, note-taking can be more effective if a patient or caregiver, um, you know, is very attentive and takes only, you know, key key items into the notes because, um, you know, it uh, it's it's important to keep up with the person who is mentioning things. But if you take detailed long notes, it might slow everyone. So it's got to be bullet points. Um, so let's take, for example, the physician is trying to tell you how to avoid um, uh, environmental allergies. Uh, that may play a role in a patient's hay fever, for example, or asthma. There are a lot of instructions there. For example, the doctor may say that uh, you know you need to uh, wash the bed linen regularly in hot water. Uh, the hot water has to be above 140 degrees. So people who are used to washing their linen in cold water will have to take note of that because using cold water to wash linen will not eliminate the dust mites in the linen. Uh, using, a, you know, vacuuming the house um, and, you know, uh, regularly using a vacuum cleaner that is a HIPAA filter. Um, avoiding freestanding humidifiers because they spew out mold into the environment. Uh, how to, if you have a pet at home, how to avoid the problems associated with animal dander. Um, so the caregiver could take notes, uh, you know, probably they could, uh, as they go, there are, there are going to be things that they don't understand at that time rather than interrupt and ask uh, what it is it's best to put them in two categories, two boxes. One is uh, things I understood. Okay, I understood I should wash linen in hot water 140 degrees. But I didn't understand the HIPAA filter or HEPA filter. So I, I put that under the column of not understood. Um, so, and let the, let the, you know, the advice proceed. And at the end of it, uh, you can ask a question. There are some things that I understood that things I didn't. I would like you to clarify these issues. Yeah, and at yeah. the end of it, physicians should ask for teach back. But if they, if they didn't, you can always say, Doctor, this is what I understood you say so far. So I'm going to just say it uh, uh, so that uh, we're both clear on the subject. Yes. You know, there's just such great information and I'm sitting here, you mentioned earlier, you could use this technique with you're getting a mortgage on a house. There's a variety of other uh, things in life. Um, I am currently uh, renovating a house with my husband. And, you know, teach back would be great for the building contractor. To, now, did I understand that you're going to put in five electrical sockets in this room versus three? And, and you know, that kind of information. So, listeners, um, Apply this in other areas of your life as well as caregiving. Um, well, we, as usual, are running out of time, so um, we are going to model what we're, what we're preaching here today, and Dr. Cootie is going to do a summarization of Teach Back and the key points that uh, he 
gave you today. Um, this summary, by the way, will be on my website, on Eat Your Diaries website, along with the archive of this show, so that you can look back and uh, see what we talked about today. So, Dr. Cooney, if you would close us out by providing a summary of our show and the key points today. Okay, so you want me to practice what I preach. Okay, here, here yes, we go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let me do that. Uh, glad to do that. So today we define TeachBack uh, as a health literacy tool to check the patient's understanding of whatever the physician communicated with them. The entire idea rests on the premise that patients understand and recollect less than half of the doctor-patient communication. Such poor understanding threatens patient safety and predisposes to treatment failure and the costs and complications associated with it. Many doctors practice it, but many don't. In those instances where they don't, the patient can initiate a conversation by volunteering to let me summarize what we talked about, doctor, and concisely repeating what was said. Brevity is very, very important. After listening to the summation, the doctor verifies its accuracy and thanks the patient for the summary and or makes corrections as appropriate. And it is important that the doctor explains the message in simple language and asks the patient to summarize in a non-threatening and non-shaming manner. Thank you. That was a great, great summary of Teach Back. It makes the whole doctor-patient-caregiver relationship so much more collegial and collaborative and certainly ensures the health and safety of all of us. So... Thank you again, Dr. Cootie, for uh, being on our show, for providing us with great wisdom, as you always do. And um, we will look forward, of course, to having you on the show in the new year. To remind everybody, please, if you have friends, uh, listen back to the archive. It will be posted on, on Eker Diary, on mycaregivingcoach.com. Uh, and um, finally, on behalf of Dr. Cooney and myself, we wish you a wonderful holiday season, and we will be speaking with you in the new year. Thanks again, Dr. Cooney, for everything. Thank you. Happy holidays right. and happy new year. You bet. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.